What's up you guys? Welcome to the Life Like a Movie podcast. Today we are trying something completely different and I say we because me and the guest that I had maybe two weeks ago, we had such an amazing conversation during the podcast and then after uh, we had another amazing conversation. And so what we did is we decided, okay, there's something special going on, going on here so we should record it and share more of what that special feeling was. And so what me and my guest, previously Desiree, are doing is we're going to do a little mini-series. And honestly, it's going to be a little bit of a crazy ride for myself personally because what we're doing is we're digging deep into my childhood trauma. Because Desiree is so practiced with helping people heal their childhood trauma, I thought it would be fun for myself to go through that, but then for you to also see how what Desiree's process is like. So hopefully you can also uncover some of your childhood issues and maybe see where that's causing you some angst today. So that's the plan, that's my intention for this. So me and Desiree don't have a whole plan of exactly how this is gonna go, but just kinda go one episode at a time. And you'll see that here as this 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 recording is kind of like a brainstorm session slash therapy session, although it's mostly therapy and Desiree helping me out. So I really hope you guys enjoy this. I'm curious to see how you like it and I'm curious to see how it affects me. So I guess we'll just do this. <laughs> How about we reflect a little bit a lot, uh, upon our last conversation? A yes. little bit. Yes. Yeah. So what did, what did you what did you like about our last conversation? Um so when we were chatting like the other night. Or like when we were doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was I was actually thinking our podcast, but I would love to actually go to our conversation that night too. they're both like, you know, together. So like Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so so I feel I feel like what was what the feedback I received most um was the the more around the whys, so more on, around the conditioning and also opening our minds minds up to actual possibilities. So the the feedback around the future isn't guaranteed either way kind of thing mentality. What, what would you call that? Um, what did you use? You, you, the why not? The why not? The why not do it? And then future. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst? That's what it was. What's the worst that can happen on future pre- predicting, predicting the future? People really like that. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> just floats away. Um, Although I mean, not always the easiest thing to do, but it's a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Worst that could happen. Yeah. Um, and then um, the reality being denied, which is why we deny our own feelings. So more in conditioning. Reality being denied. Could you be a bit more specific? Yeah. So when our parents tell us that we shouldn't be feeling a certain way, they deny our reality. They deny our feelings. And oh, so, okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And so then when we feel that later on, that, that gets developed over time and it makes it unsafe for us to feel our emotions. And that's why we tend to hold things in. And it also was what like really prompts the lack of self-trust people have within themselves. Because if you're constantly being told not to cry or that you shouldn't be mad or don't be sad, you should be happy, then that confuses a child and teaches them not to trust their feelings. I love that. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else that stood out? Um, so I actually watched... Um, have you seen the Mr. Rogers movie with Tom Hanks yet? Is that a new movie? Either yeah, way, not. 
Yeah, I think you would really appreciate it because he's all about tapping into childhood. Like, that's what, do you know who Mr. Rogers is? No. Okay, so it was like an old childhood television show, and it was all about teaching children how to deal with their emotions. Um, So I think that you would just appreciate it because it really ties in. But I was watching that last evening, and he was really harping on, you know, our parents tell us who we should be like they want us to become doctors or lawyers or whatever it is and they they praise more of like your successes versus who the child actually is yeah so so you said you read that mindset book by uh, carol duick right Mm -hmm. that's exactly what she talked about parents Mm -hmm. praising success and then so we start to value the external result not the progress or the growth so we go into a fixed mindset yep awesome connection um, something I'd like, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no. No, okay. <laughs> um, something I'd like to share with you was when I first messaged you the, the night or two after our podcast, when we had that conversation through voice messages, when I, I got super emotional from posts you said, I may have figured out um, at least what that may have, uh, I, I felt that emotion again in the la- last night and the night before that. And I think it was because um, when I saw the post of you and I could really just feel the gratitude that you, I, I just, I really felt it. And, and it just felt so, um, it felt so maybe easy or um, right. I think it just, it, for me, it just felt right. And because I, I know when I've experienced that the, the feelings of gratitude and joy, it's our natural state of being. And what I'm starting to realize now is that, and I wrote this down last night, I really, I, I cried actually for a good like 15, 20 minutes last night. I really had a breakthrough. I wrote down the word tired like like four times. Like I was just tired of like thinking about what other people are thinking, just tired of judging myself i'm just tired of like doing all these things and so i think the way i can connect that was that those are the things that block that gratitude that block that really nice feeling that's our natural state and so i'm starting to realize the things that block it and i think that that's why it hit me so hard and why i it gave me such a mixed feeling it wasn't just like it gave me a feeling of gratitude it gave me a feeling it was like 75 percent gratitude and like 25 percent like something really weird but it wasn't necessarily positive or that's how we do it and so um yeah what do you what do you make of that I'm curious Hmm, let's see do you tend to like with loved ones or people you connect with do you tend to take on their emotions easily Hmm. I would say so I say I, I I think my my number one quality has always been empathy I think okay. I've been a natural empath, yeah. Okay. Um, with, um, like, your family, like, your parents and your family, um, would you often be able to fill their energy, like, pretty quickly, too? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. And then if, like, you made mom or dad upset, would that, like, feel like the end of the world to you? Like, you would... Yeah, I remember one time I made my mom, like, I upset my mom. It was, it was a pretty big ordeal, but... um. Yeah, yes, actually. I can think of another example. When I upset her, it really, like, crushed my soul. Like, it really hit me. It Mm -hmm. sucked. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so was there many, um, like, did they have 
Were there boundaries in the household or did you typically like tell mom what you were thinking, what you were feeling or dad? Um, did they, were they respectful of your, your personal space or did they always like really need to know what you were doing and what was going on? Okay. Um, well, you probably know that my, I never really saw my dad as like growing up at all. Him and my mom split when I was six. Mm-hmm. And then I maybe saw him like once a year after that for the rest of my life on average, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, and like, even when we saw him, there wasn't any, um, like it was, I don't, I don't think there was anything there that was like traumatic. It was more like he would come like to see like a hockey tournament or something for the weekend. And then we would like, like, li- like stay in a hotel with him for the weekend and just like spend time. Yes. And I actually have good memories of doing that too. Um, but then I also wrote last night, like there might've been some lack of father-like, support in my life that could kind of like show me the rope so to speak and I think that might be why I've adopted the pull yourself up by your bootstraps Mm -hmm. you know like the I gotta do this all myself um anyways that's like neither here nor there so as far as boundaries around the house could you give me an example of one yeah so let's say that you um let's say that you were like just wanting some privacy around an emotion or maybe wanted to just not tell everything, not give every single piece of information over to mom. Was she pretty respectful of that? Or would she like really need to know what was going on? Hmm. Nothing popped, nothing came to me right away, but I will say that she's, she's very much worries and she like, she gets anxious when she, like she gets like very anxious when she doesn't know what exactly what we're doing I would say yeah. like even if I yeah like even if I was like out like you know say like 30 minutes past when I told her I'd be home like her mind goes to the worst scenario you know like the worst thing that could have happened in that 30 minutes um yeah so uh, like she like she's one to like that would want to know everything yeah yeah but I would say she like overly forced it mm-hmm. although I will say that there there might be some sort of guilt if I don't text her and again like guilt if she feels bad like I'm sorry I made you feel bad like you, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah I mean, there's something there. Yeah. So I'm asking these questions um, so that I can understand your your empathy um, and why you were able to feel my emotions so strongly. So when we're raised with um, a lack of boundaries and also taking on other people's emotions, so like you could really tell when mom's anxious or you would maybe even feel anxious when you noticed mom was anxious because it would be stressful for you. Um anything like that. Um, Are you familiar with the term enmeshment? Let me describe this to you. So this is essentially when um, we don't have boundaries in the household and we, we feel what other people are feeling. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna read this description to you. Enmeshment is a description of a relationship between two or more people in which personal boundaries are unclear. This often often happens on an emotional level in which two people feel each other's emotions or when one person becomes emotionally escalated and the other family member does as well. That's so interesting. I would say that 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 made me think of since that since my dad wasn't around, I think my mom didn't really know how to deal with that. She had two boys and she didn't really know, I think, what to, maybe what to do as far as like boundaries, like can we go out and like hang out with girls and party and all that. And so maybe, 
and I, I can see it, like there wasn't ever like a curfew or like a yeah. you know there wasn't, there wasn't really boundaries it was I think it was very much very much emotional I yeah. would say yeah, yeah. okay yeah. okay so, cool yeah so what that teaches us is to take on others emotions and so I was trying to get to like the root of your oh. like I was trying to get all the way to the root of your question <laughs> the, the big why <laughs> that this started a really long time ago and that's why you're empathetic or that's a potentially a big reason why you're empathetic like I remember like my mom my mom told me this story the re this is one of the big reasons actually why I think this I think I was like three years old maybe mm -hmm. and my mom was just sending my brother off to school for the first day and I don't remember this but my mom told me this story and um she was crying because it was like her first boy going away to yeah. school and then um and then she and then she said me at, at three years old like hugged her and said everything's gonna be okay at like three years old and so for me that was like interesting i didn't even know i could like do a whole lot at three but i guess yeah so the, for me that's like a story that's like okay maybe i am somewhat empathetic naturally yeah but i don't i don't remember the thing that the thing i'm kind of pissed about is that i don't remember much like before like the age of six yeah like, i don't remember a whole lot I remember you saying that yeah because from zero to seven and i was like damn it i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you don't have to have necessarily the access to your childhood memories like I was mentioning the last time you brought that up it's more about like you're getting curious like all of your notes that you had like before you erased it like that's exactly the questions to be asking like why do I not feel good enough what are the what are the emotions that are tied to that feeling and then even though if I may ask you questions like in your childhood and you don't have access to like before seven that's okay you can have memories and examples of when you were a teenager or even just like you did you know of like explaining well this is what we did with dad and this is what i remember it's still going to be enough grounds because you're still in that environment so not not a lot is going to change um you guys are going to be growing together as a family unit but um what you saw and heard in your childhood in those formative years is most likely going to be patterned out as you're continuing being raised does that make uh -oh. sense so mom and dad aren't typically aren't go or mom in this case isn't typically going to like completely change from seven six years of age to like eleven mm. unless she started like her healing journey and had a bit of an awakening herself and then there was a big shift you know stuff like that but that's not typically common you know yeah. so usually we stay in our patterns uh, okay yeah she hasn't mentioned me anything about that so I'm not, I, yeah. I don't know if that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so what do we have then here? So we have that. Like, what, what do you what do you take from that? As far as like, okay, so maybe like, is there anything that you can think of that um, could resonate with, or sorry, that could connect to why I would feel uh, shame for not being good enough, or maybe I should write that down. Actually, yeah, do that because the feeling of not feeling good enough is. Um, a uh, 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 huge a lot of people feel that way and like for me it's like um something i've noticed because i actually had a friend who's really started to dig deep into his childhood trauma he's the first one that actually got me on the childhood trauma which yeah. is why i found you and message you funny enough right. um, yeah this was like three weeks ago yeah anyways and so he told me like he's like everything stems from the childhood i'm like oh really like I, it was like kind of weird for me and then um, anyways, he gave me the idea of writing down my common thought patterns that I notice, And so I did that and I realized that even if 
like my mind will go to like okay like you didn't do this good enough let's just say or you didn't do it at all because i have some standard to live up to maybe it's perfection maybe it's lower than perfection but it's still like like super high or whatever it is so then i i feel like i'm not good enough and um i feel like i'm not good enough because i didn't hit that standard but then on the flip side it also even if i do say uh achieve this thing then then my ego will go like well it's about time or you know, you should like you finally did it, or like it's never a positive spin. I noticed, so it it goes both ways. Like it it it's, and th- and I think that that's why I've really found that I enjoy positive reinforcement and affirmations because it makes me feel good for what I've done. Which is like, I don't know why, but it feels really good. So maybe that's like something that I'm lacking a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw my post the other day, but um, I, I wrote about love languages. Saw that. That was yeah. so interesting to me. Yeah. 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 So if if mom wasn't able to validate you in the way that you specifically needed, um, then you're going to crave those words of affirmation. Also, like, same here. I wasn't, I never really got the I'm proud of you very occasionally. And only I got I'm proud of you if it was up to my mother's standards and had really nothing to do with me and my interests. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. For me, my mom and I, I used to think this is why I was so okay with, like, making big decisions and being very confident with them and being very confident in myself that I'll be okay is because she did pump up my self-esteem. Like, but then I almost, I thought it was almost too, I just focused on the positive of it. Like I didn't focus on the negative part of that, like the shortcoming of that, that like, um, may, I think I see some entitlement in me and I think I see some, um, yeah, some entitlement would be a good word. Like, uh, like, like she, she was very like, pat me on the back for like getting a participation ribbon kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. That's just what happened. Yeah. And so she boosted up my self-esteem, like, you know, but then, but what I'm noticing, which is so surprising is that deep down, I'm starting to think like I'm not good enough. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought I had a great self-esteem. So I'm not sure if there's some sort of overcompensation that comes with that or now, Oh, or now that because it's, I'm so built up in my head because of her that anything less than like a good job, like if I fail, this could be it. That if I fail, then it's like a huge failure because, and I'm not getting any reinforcement now. Like I'm not getting any, like, it's okay. You can get them next time. Mm-hmm. Is this making any sense? I gotta write that down. Yeah. That it's one. good. You're going through, you're going through your own thought process, which is amazing. That's good. Um, I'll let you finish your thought. So you don't. Yeah, thank you. you, While I'm writing this down, could you explain to um, anyone listening about your love language post, just so they know? Oh yes, yes, thank you. Um, so I was writing about the love languages and um, really what it tells us, because it's so common for us to know, like, this is my love language. This is how I want to be treated. And typically, we're still trying to compensate for something that we didn't receive in our childhood. So for example, my biggest love language is uh, words of affirmation. And that's because I really craved those those words, you know, somebody telling me I was doing a really good job. Um, And actually caring, I think, was the big piece. You know, a parent can cheer you on um, or tell you you're doing a good job. Um, But if they're just passively doing it and because they feel like they should or they know they should, but they're not really digging deeper and asking you questions about, 
oh, Des, I see that you did an art project and I'm so proud of you because I can tell you put in a lot of work here and you've been spending so much time on this. And, you know, there, there is that deeper interaction and actual caring. Um, and that's what, for my personal example, was missing. You know, it was if, it, if she was proud of me, it was because it was up to her standards and because of what she wanted for me. But when it was something that I actually had put a lot of effort into or I was trying something new for the first time, that positive, like true being able to hear and connect on that deeper emotional level wasn't there. And it would take her so long to even get to the final, oh, okay, I, I'm proud of you then. You know, so that that genuineness of whatever that love language might be. And then some in some cases, you know, it could be just super blatant. You know, maybe mom and dad weren't able to be super present because they were working all the time. And so now in your adulthood, you're craving quality time with your partner because you you need that time. You need that connection. And so that's that's like one way. And it's not it's definitely not a one size fits all. But from what we know our minds, our feeling brain is being developed at such a young age during our childhood. And that's going to set up the framework for who we're sexually attracted to and what we want in a partner in our adult lives. And so it would make sense that we can use our love languages to, to go deeper. The whole point is to look more inwards. It's not about getting that external validation. We want to know what we need so we can give it to ourselves. Okay. That seems like a, I just wrote love letter. I got to read that book this week. Yeah, I got to read that one. Um, okay, so where where did you want to go from here? I can always I can always like cut it, and then if we decide to come back to it, like um, like digging deep a little bit into my childhood trauma, then we can, mm -hmm. and then I can always just put them together. So, um, what what direction did you want to go from here? Um, I would love to get into the feelings of not feeling good enough and go go through a sequence of. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Why that might be the case. All right. I'm just going to pull up some of my notes because I just made a, I just made a module on this specifically. So talk about divine timing. Not really? Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Um, what, what should I write at the top? Like, just like, like not, feeling <laughs> not feeling good enough. Like, why don't I feel good enough? Or... Yeah, good enough question mark. Am I good enough? Okay, I wrote it a little bit longer than I thought. Okay. Um, just tell me if I should be a little bit more careful with my wording because I don't want it to seem like I'm blaming or anything like that. Um, so I wrote, why does my ego have a standard of good enough? And why does my ego not let me hit this standard? And I don't want to, and I want to make sure like I'm, like I'm blaming my ego for anything. Mm -hmm. um, but I, but like, that's more just to mention that even if I do achieve this artificial standard, it still, you know, it goes to shame and things like that. That's what I mean by that. Do you think that wording is okay? I think that's fine. Well, because ego is the I, so. Okay, cool. It makes sense, right? Cool. All right. Okay. <clears throat> All right, let's do this. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> nothing to be scared of. Um, it's to explore these feelings and just like full transparency. This is something that I um, have to actively work through today too. When, even when I achieve really big, crazy goals, um, I have to pause and remind myself that I'm doing a good job. So common, common thing. And it happens for a lot of us too. Um, so I'll just set the precedence of healing comes from being able to view our parents objectively. 
This helps us to see them eye to eye and also realize that they're human and they're more than likely still operating unconsciously or okay and it's fair to say like i heard i got this from robin sharma though but like we're always doing the best we can yes with, with what we with what, what we know yeah yeah okay yep yeah so our parents are operating at their level of awareness what they know what has been passed down to them and um I'm, I'm careful to say that every parent is doing their best. Um, I try not to do like blanket terms because some children have experienced abuse. Um, yeah. So in this case, yes, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. It, it's yeah. more around the awareness um, and just hurt people tend to hurt people if that's the case for somebody who was um, physically abused or, or such. Um, so just like to clear that since this is potentially reaching other people. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so it's it's not about blame, right? So we're not wanting to blame others. Um, it comes from understanding and healing from a place of love. So being able to connect to ourself on a deeper level. Okay, so well, I, I got a question about love because like I like lately uh, in the last couple of days, because I've, I've heard that advice as well to like, to, that's like uh, an eating disorder, let's say can't survive. That was my greatest source of suffering. An eating disorder can't survive in a place of love and nurturing so but that's very that's like tough like when yeah. you, when you when you feel negative emotions and you've previously identified with some sort of thought like hundreds of times in the past to welcome it in and to and to look at it with love i found is a tough thing to do and i've, I've tried like for multiple hours in the last couple of days mm -hmm. and it's, it's a tough thing to do yeah. and um so what would you say to someone who like is having a tough time like i am with really like like I had one or two moments where I really felt like I was completely open to anything. Like armor was completely down and I was like, holy crap, this is what vulnerability is. Yeah. I thought I was vulnerable, but then I was like, what? Like I felt like naked. Like mm -hmm. I was like, you know what I mean? So how does somebody like, a, like get that to happen or how do we look at it with love? Cause it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, so looking at it with love. So whether you have to remember that you are a whole person. And so sometimes we want to come, compartmentalize like our our feelings or our emotions and block different things out but when we can look at ourselves as a whole then it's a little bit easier to see ourselves as this whole being and it's uh, not just this part of me is ugly or this part of me isn't good enough but I really like this part of me you're yeah. all encompassing you're holding yeah. all of that yeah uh, so being able to see that, mm -hmm. um, also looking at like your past and just acknowledging like what you've been through can be a really good place to start, you know, thinking of everything that you've accomplished, even the hard times, making it through times in your life that you've been at your lowest or that was the most frustrating and yet here you are. So being able to look at yourself through a lens of compassion Oh. is what is what allows us to look at ourselves with love i would say those are pretty interchangeable okay i love that that, is, that actually is something that i wrote down as i was in this weird emotional state i was telling you with gratitude and weird emotions i was like I, I wrote down a few times like wow like i've been through so much yet here i am kind of thing you know yeah so i can see yeah. that you feel good so i can see how that um and like yeah that's cool i love yeah. that Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say that that's a good way to start to see yourself um, through a lens of love. Um, and also back to how we like first started it, started it, you're always doing the best you can with what you know. 
just as our parents were. And so being able to come back down again and realize that we're human and the expectation is never to be perfect. Although we may be fighting for that, we're typically fighting for perfectionism to get some sort of validation that we haven't completely connected to in ourselves yet. I, I can see how that could be true for me with my mom consistently validating me, like constantly. So maybe mm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Perfection equals desire for validation. Yes. Yeah, that external validation. Validation and then brackets external. So, ooh, and I'm not very good at giving myself internal validation. So maybe like maybe my mom was the source for that. And now that I'm not with her, that's tougher for me to come by. Would that be a yeah. fair? Yeah. So, um, you can think of it as a, like a codependency. So you were kind of conditioned of you're always going to have that external validation and that external praise, which can be great, but there's a gap of where you weren't taught how to do that for yourself. And so now you may be, it sounds like you're in this area of learning how to give yourself that internal validation, but if it wasn't taught to you, you have to take a learner student mindset. Um, okay, I see that I'm struggling with feelings of not feeling good enough. I'm not, I realize now I was praised all the time for all of my accomplishments, but I wasn't really taught how to do that for myself. So let's say that you were at a ball game and the team lost and you're feeling down on yourself and, and mom is still praising you for doing your best, right? Which is great. And that you did a good job. But yeah. there potentially may have been an area where you didn't know or what weren't able to process the reality of, okay, well, how can I improve? Or how can I acknowledge myself that I did, did my best for myself? How do I give myself that validation? How do I know that I really did my best? Mm. Instead of somebody just you know, saying it and saying it and saying it. So that space to, you know, in reality, like what it means to be a human is that we're going to experience good feelings, bad feelings, happiness, sadness, all of that's expected because that's the human experience. And if we are waiting too much in the, it's like um, almost toxic positivity. Yeah. Then, then we may not know how to deal with the other emotions or they may feel like they're bad or we get stuck in these thought loops. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And I think of, I've, I think I'm guilty of what you just said. And um, that's such a bad word to use in this. In this, uh, but you, you know what I mean. Um, like uh, I, I when I first started posting a lot of content and really got into the self growth space, it was all positivity. It was like brainwash almost with positivity. And I think that since, and I've had some down moments. It was like I now have to live up and I have to be positive all the time. I think it's a very dangerous game to play. Cause it's not realistic. First of all, it's literally like impossible to be happy, to have the emotion of happy all the time. And so, yeah, that could be a reason why I did that. Yeah. Um, that's funny. I had no idea I was a mama's boy. I, I, I had no idea. It was just like, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> well, it makes sense considering, um, your dynamic that you explained too. you know, um, if dad wasn't around, if like any child naturally is going to gravitate to the main caregiver in the household. So uh, yeah, that that's okay. Sense. okay all right um any questions that's coming up with that any questions let me think um
You know, actually, I think it, no, not a question, but something I think I can, I'm really going to underline is learning to give myself some internal validation. I think that's like the biggest nugget. I think just if I took that away, I think like, I think that'd be just fix so much of what's going on inside of me. So yeah. I think that's a big nugget. So I'm going to now erase that. So do you, like, I want to know more about, like, you, how are you able to do this? Do you, I saw you, do you work at a coffee shop? Is that right? Yes. Okay. So you do that and then you do everything else, like, full time? Mm-hmm. And yeah, are you like, able to monetize what you do? No, no, that's not yeah. my goal. Yeah. Honestly, for me, um, it would be very nice to monetize it. I'm not even sure if I can right now, but I, I for me, I, I'm more so, like, I don't want to be a teacher right now. I don't. I don't think that I know enough yet to teach. And so I wouldn't want to monetize any like service or anything like that. For me, I'm really just about, uh, I'm, a, I'm very much in the growth phase and it's tough to monetize the growth phase. So for me, I would say like my end game would be to eventually monetize my podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or monetize a service that I learn over the next like three to five years. But I'm not really in the business of monetizing something. Although I think that might be a super philosophy because who wouldn't want to monetize something online because then I could it'd be just easier to travel I think so I don't know I'm thinking about it but I'm just curious yeah no yeah. no that's fine I'm actually I'm not sure if I told you this but I'm planning on moving to Japan in about like four months and so I'll get a job there but like it'll be like a job like you get up and you go to work which by the way I do think there's a lot of value in because I've been like a recluse and have like done a lot of stuff on my computer yeah and it's nice to actually get out and get in the culture and talk Absolutely. to people you know so I think there's benefits to both but the nice thing is that I no longer feel like I'm in a huge rush to make money. Um, yeah, and I've told this story uh, before, I think, but um, I asked myself a very important question in Halifax. I think I mentioned this to you, actually. When I was, I was making actually super, super good money, like money I never thought I would make in my life when I was a kid. And it was because I was in sales and like those yeah. jobs were crazy. But, um, but I wasn't very fulfilled. And so I asked myself the question, what would I do if I had $100 million in the bank? And my answer was to travel and learn. And then so I left and lived with the monks like two weeks after. And then I started and now I'm out in BC, like all the way across the coast of Canada, like from east to west. Wow. Or, yeah, east to west. Wow. And so now I, I never make any decision um, based off money past my basic expenses. That's an important part to add. Because yeah. I'm not going to be all fluffy and say, like, just follow your heart, man. Because like, we all have bills to pay. But after my basic, like, and I mean basic expenses, people, like no Starbucks, you know, as much as I love Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, that's my answer. That's I always be too in depth <laughs> for simple yeah. answers, but yeah. Cool. I just yeah, so curious. Like yeah, this is like all I spend my time on is like the podcast, like reflecting, like every second I have outside. But I really enjoy it. I found before when I was like hustling, like I it was like kind of stressful and like, but I I really enjoy this stuff because I just started to like ask myself what would I do if I had a hundred million dollars, and this is literally what I would be doing right now, like talking to you, and like get, getting through my internal shit. You know, <laughs> so yeah, so, yeah. So now I just I ask that question and then I just do whatever the answer is without okay. questioning it. Cause it's like it's probably gonna make me happy. So I love it. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um. So where do you think we should? Where do you think we should go? Let's, from... let's give some reparenting practices to learn how to self-validate. Love that. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um. 
it's good to like find specifically like the areas that you don't feel good enough in so you can focus on one thing at a time so if it's you're high achieving but yet you're still left with this void of not feeling good enough that would be like one area to start so if there what do you find most common um i feel like you told me at the very beginning like when you're feeling you're not good enough like when does what? that was common like what do you yeah, mean when does that feeling usually stir up in you like what's triggering oh you? oh i could give you a couple examples easily um so hmm oh this is a good one i'm kind of embarrassed about this one because i'm all about consciousness but um like for example like i've had some really amazing like spiritual moments that were just like ridiculous but then i'll have i even like this week I've had a moment where like I'm about to I can feel that moment starting to happen but then my brain will be like it's happening <laughs> so this is awesome but then I'll start thinking like wait why is that thought there and then it'll go into a spiral and then it'll end up uh becoming negative it, it, it becoming negative about oh why did you start thinking you know you were going to this amazing place of no thought Mm-hmm. And uh, like, why did you start thinking? And so I, I think that's a great example. Like, even when I'm making progress in my spiritual goals, yeah. then there, and like I make one little like, that always happens. That's why you have an anchor when you meditate. That's why you have, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so there's like wow. very, it's like such a thing to not get uh, stirred up about. But um, yeah. no, but have, I love it. Like, the, the, yeah. I love, I love this example because it's, it's so human. Mm, it's oh. a human thing we could do to have our thoughts drift <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> how true that is <laughs> <laughs> i love that um okay so that's great so let's think about some reparenting practices so reparenting is is all about our self-discipline and really committing to being our own best parent in our adult lives so it takes becoming aware of our triggers and acknowledging them. And so for this, the feelings of even when I do something so human, I feel like I'm doing something wrong or I feel like I could be doing it better. Yeah. And it makes me feel like I'm not, I'm not good enough. Right. I just want to make sure I'm tracking. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Yes. spot on there okay perfect um so some reparenting practices for those feelings of not feeling good enough is to first acknowledge just like we did just now we acknowledged how human it was to have our thoughts drift and and is that is that because that acknowledgement is pretty funny to me like would that be like a nice thing to have like some sort of humor along with it for sure make it like kind of positive yeah i find that yeah go ahead yeah i was just gonna say i find like one of the best things when i notice something about my ego the best thing i do is laugh at it because it just makes it so funny mm-hmm. and like yeah, it turns it into a positive yeah yeah, That's yeah. Fun. Right and it there. just it takes off the pressure being oh, able to find that. yeah yeah oh i love that so much because then there's yeah because i think for me there is like an anxiety about being anxious and then there's just like mm-hmm. it's an anxiety of like thinking about thinking about thinking you know what i mean yeah, okay, cool. I love that you said that, taking the pressure off. I'm going to write laugh here as well. Yep. Takes pressure off. All right, go ahead. And then being able to ground yourself. So if you notice that you're triggered or you notice that you're in a thought loop, um, you can be able to say, okay, I realize that that was that was a human moment and that's okay. So I'm going to recenter, which is through grounding. So grounding can just be like taking, taking a walk outside, just walking for five minutes and just 
being present with yourself. I, I love that. And he, here's why. Because I've definitely been there where it's like, like this is irrational, like this is a human thing or like something something of the like. But then it but then my my ego will pop up again like like it's so irrational. Why are you you know, so then it's yes. like a the circle keeps going. So what I like about the advice you just said is going for a walk. Because then it's like I, I find something I can do is like literally subconsciously do good things. Cause usually we subconsciously do bad things, I find for myself. But so like for me it's just like okay, I'm not even going to go into this thought. I'm just going to start walking and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Just start walking and, like, with no expectation. I'm just going to start walking. Even if I continuously think and it never stops, I'm just going to start walking. Mm-hmm. But every single time when I start walking, they start to go away. Yes. But it's just in that moment, it seems so tough to get out of that state mm-hmm. that just like making, doing something different, making some sort of move. Honestly, I find even the act of making a move is enough to like change our way of thinking. Even if it's not like some beautiful walk in nature. Even just yeah. like taking a left when you're about to take a right. Yeah. Is yeah, it you're, building a trust with yourself or something like that? You're disrupting know. your autopilot system. You're getting out uh, of autopilot. So our autopilot is what we're in. Even though we feel like we're consciously thinking, we're still enwrapped in ego. So if our ego is telling us that we're doing something wrong, we're only having a true conscious moment when we can acknowledge it and pull ourselves out of that autopilot and say, oh my gosh, I realized my ego is being cray cray right now. So I'm going to pull myself out, go, go for a walk, acknowledge what I just did. Yes. And release that pressure. And I do want to make very clear, you know, it's not like, it's not always intended that the very next time your ego comes out and you're beating yourself up that this is going to happen. But what this does is it starts to shine that light, that awareness of, okay, well maybe like the, time after that time after that I'll be able to get in front of it yeah that reflection piece will start to happen of oh wait I remember that this was a trigger I'm starting to learn how to deal with this and then over time that's how you get in front of it or get quicker with it yeah. it just takes practice oh I love that I love that you said that that's so important that's so so important especially for someone like um someone like myself who would really like it's like when you don't see the progress the next time it's like it can be discouraging. I'm someone who I find like really is part of like the competence, competence, confidence, competence theory in psychology. Like the better I get at it, the more confidence I gain. But when I suck at it, it's like, mm-hmm. like this kind of sucks. It's tough to like get that snowball rolling, but it just gets bigger and bigger as you go. Yeah. And um, yeah, that hit me really hard because I really started to internalize that this week, actually. Yeah. I think mainly it's because I've started to see progress. And for me, that's just really motivating. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. So grounding yourself. Mm-hmm. Grounding, I- becoming aware. Oh, and then asking how you want to show up differently. Mm. So giving your mind a new way of thinking, saying, okay, I prefer not to beat myself up. Instead, I'd like to <laughs> show up with compassion, yeah. acknowledge that I'm human. Yeah. But giving your mind, giving your mind and letting your mind know how you want to show up instead creates the ability to start a new pattern of thinking. And then repeating it over and over and over again. So this is why affirmations or mantras can be so helpful. Basically, like not not that not those themselves, but repetition is the key. Not yeah. like a mantra, not affirmations. Whatever you want, as long as it's repetition. Exactly. Okay, I love that. And then repetition. Um, 
What was that? That's something I really want to share with you. It was, um, do you know Byron Katie? Yes, I just listened random. I just discovered her. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, just based off these questions, you would love her book. That I, A Mind at Home with Itself is what it's called. It may be my favorite book I've ever read. No, after, not Eckhart. Not over Eckhart. But it would be like top three book. Like top three book of all time. What is it called it's again? A Mind at Home with Itself. Okay. It's so worth getting. So, so worth it. it sounds like it's all about owning your thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> But um, basically, just so, so I can give some value to people listening that may not get a chance to read the book, she ha she has something called inquiry or the work is what she calls it, and it's it it has four questions in it. The first question is so uh, she uses an example, um, say like your partner gets out of the car and like just walks straight in without giving you a hug or something like that, and you think that asshole like he didn't isn't showing recognition to me. Yeah. Anyways, there's an example of how somebody could view that situation. So what she does is she goes through something called inquiry where she asks four questions. The first is, um, are you, is that true? Is it true that he walked away without showing you recognition? And then say the person's really pissed and they're like, yeah, like he totally did that. But then the second question is, are you absolutely 100% sure that that's true? And then usually after like some time thinking like, okay, I guess it's not like 100% sure that he did. Like maybe there's a chance that you know, that he walked away, just walked away and didn't even think of it. Um, or he was going to go in and like, get me something nice or whatever it is. And then the third question was, um, uh, how, how would you, or how does it make you feel when you believe this story? And then they say like, you feel like crap, like I'm not loved. And then the most beautiful part is the fourth question. How would you feel if you no longer believe that story? And then they start to say free and this and that. And then they start to actually believe this new story of like, oh, wait a second, maybe he did just walk inside. And he, he does love me and show me recognition. And then it just changes the whole thing because then she doesn't go inside pissed at him and then they don't have a crappy night. And then she goes inside and maybe talks it out or tells him how he, she feels. And it, yeah, so I love that. And I think wow. this, this, these, just, these four steps here kind of reminded me of it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's a wonderful step to go through. Although like a lot of the stuff is easy, easier said than done in the moment. But, yeah, um, I know. I think it's a beautiful process. Thank you. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to take a picture of this here. All right. So uh, where would you normally go from here? Um. Yeah. So that would be like me essentially assigning homework and then checking in on a client. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to so, do the homework. <laughs> yeah. So your next step would be to try to bring awareness to the next time that you feel triggered or you're having that thought of not feeling good enough, pausing, creating yeah. space around it. I love that. Body, and then well, showing up how I'm making very clear how you want to show up instead and repeating it. And when I say repeating it, um, that can happen in a few different ways, whether you're like want to really centrally focus on that in that moment and repeat it to yourself like a mantra or an affirmation. Yeah. So I do pattern change for myself and my clients is a daily practice of journaling um so so it becomes like first thing in the morning they have to spend like i do bare minimum three minutes like write down how you want to show up instead today if you become triggered you know and really reinforcing it so whatever works best for you that's how i do it for myself i love that i'm actually gonna write that down because i've kind of i've toyed around with a million different morning routines but i, I like that 
you start with like setting some intention of how you're going to show up in the world that day. Mm-hmm. I think that could be a very powerful thing to do for myself. So I'm going to write that down, down here. So um, I actually, I thought of an idea like 20 or 30 minutes ago of what we should do with this. And I think that we should, we should make this like a little like mini series. And so what we could do is I'll do my homework and then I'll come back and we'll reflect on my homework. And then um, we'll basically get to see me like get down to the bottom of my trauma and then like what it looks like on the other side and like how confused I am today and then getting down to the why maybe in like a couple weeks or something. You know, I don't know how long it takes. Yeah. Like that. I love it. You like that idea? Okay, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. Alrighty, so it looks like I got myself some homework to do. Uh, very excited, very thankful for Desiree for taking the time. And I guess we'll just continue to see how this goes. So let us know what you thought of this and what you'd like to see more of, any questions that you'd like her to ask me, vice versa, anything really, because we're just kind of going one episode at a time and whatever you guys say, we we may actually implement it. So uh, yeah, let us know. I'm very excited about this. And yeah, I guess I got to do some homework. See you guys.